Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, friendo, Steve here. Hey, Lars. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at YouTube.com forward slash Steve and Larson an eventful Monday night raw last night Larson because uh evidently according to Fightful Select now confirmed by well WWE yeah. <laughs> uh Sasha Banks and Naomi the current WWE women's tag team champions legitimately walked out of the show mm-hmm. after having a disagreement over the creative of the six-pack challenge that was supposed to main event last night. Yes. Larson, what the heck happened? So, yeah, you said up pretty pretty, pretty well there. So they advertised shortly before Raw, we were going to get the six-pack challenge between Becky Lynch, Asuka, Dewdrop, Nikki A.S.H., Naomi, and Sasha Banks. The winner we get a uh, Raw Women's title opportunity against Bianca Belair at Hell in a Cell. About halfway through last night's show, Fightful Select reported the main event had to be changed. Because Sasha and Naomi had walked out due to issues they had with creative. Uh, Fightful reported that Sasha had a meeting with Vince McMahon to discuss her issues with creative. And Vince was apparently unwilling to change his mind. And then uh, they walked out. Later, Fightful issued an update which stated that Naomi was slated to pin Nikki A.S.H. to win the bout and face Bianca Belair at Hell in a Cell. However, sources told Fightful that Sasha and Naomi were trying to pitch a program with Nikki and Dewdrop for the women's tag titles. Uh, for them to have a match at Hell in a Cell, that was turned down, and that Sasha and Naomi's frustrations were due to, quote, the direction of their tag team and the division as a whole. Uh, today, Tuesday, PW Insider provided some additional details, stating that not only was Naomi uh, booked to face Bel Air at Hell in a Cell, but there were some who believed that Sasha would also be booked in a feud uh, with Ronda Rousey heading into that pay-per-view, and that both... Sasha and Naomi, your tag champions, were slated to lose those matches. At one point, there was a pitch made that would have seen Sasha and Naomi compete in the tag match rather than the six-pack challenge main event with a post-match attack that would set up their next feud, presumably with Nikki and Dewdrop. Uh, but shortly before Raw went live, uh, Molly Holly informed Sasha and Naomi that the six-pack challenge would proceed, and shortly thereafter, Sasha and Naomi went to John Laurinaitis' office, told him they were leaving, and left the women's tag titles. Uh, PW Insider reports that Sasha and Naomi's issues 
were with, quote, how the duo would have been portrayed over the next several weeks, especially after they had put so much time into building their team once Vince McMahon issued an edict that they would be teaming and winning the women's tag, tag team titles at WrestleMania 38. That after diving into building that team, they were going to wrestle each other and go off to put over other talents, leaving them exactly where, which apparently was the crux of the issue. The WWE plan looks to have been that the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships would have been downplayed until their next program after Hell in a Cell concluded. So in a rare move, I can't think mm -hmm. of an instance where this happened so soon. Because I believe when Stone Cold walked out, there was a statement that WWE issued like a day or so later where they announced the fine. Um, but I can't remember an instance where something happened backstage and WWE released a, a statement basically right away. Well, yeah, the statement, I don't recall the statement in terms of Stone Cold. I do remember that episode was spent blasting him. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, Rock Rock came out at the end and, like, you know, basically eviscerated him, saying yeah. you took your ball and went home, and I think yeah, he yeah. left, like, a Steve Weiser yeah, in the ring or something. Yeah, which was, which was kind of, I mean, in a pretty more more spectacular than a written statement. <laughs> I mean, to, 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 to yeah. frame your main event segment That's around true. a backstage dispute. Well, I will say that, uh, uh, especially towards the tail end of the show, every opportunity that uh, uh, Vince McMahon had yeah. through Corey Graves to blast yeah. Sasha and Naomi, they took. We'll get to that in a little yeah. bit. So, But during the show, uh, WWE issued a statement. Uh, about what happened, which read, quote, when Sasha Banks and Naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon, they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's Monday Night Raw. During the broadcast, they walked into WWE Head of Talent Relations uh, John Laurinaitis' office with their suitcases in hand, placed their tag team championship belts on his desk, and walked out. They claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions, and even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they'd have matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. We regret we were unable to deliver as advertised tonight's main event. So uh, the, the, the subtext here, I, mean, I don't even call it subtext, but saying claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents seems... If, and I don't look. Here's the thing. I don't believe a, a fucking word of what WWE would say no, in this case. Not at all. Not at all. That would seem to want to frame this as they didn't want to work with two of the people in this match, and then people would have to start guessing who do they have problems with? Do they have? Do they not want to work with Dewdrop? Do they not want to? Well, work I mean, with the fact Oscar? that they said they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they'd had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. They. Both yeah. wrestled, I'm pretty sure, Becky and Oscar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was that right? I'm pretty sure. I mean, any, for I Sasha, mean, yes, a thousand percent. I know that's true. Yeah. But I mean, this is this is the point. Like, this is what we're doing right now. But knowing full damn well that, like, you know, freaking either Vince or John Laurinaitis or some jackass came up with this statement. Dude, that, what are the odds that Vince was sitting there with his legal pad and his pencil at gorilla position and scribbled something like this up real quick and handed it off to somebody? That could be. That absolutely could be. And it's 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 a bunch of bullshit. And it's petty. And it's one of those things where it's like it you're petty. a publicly traded company. You are supposed to be trying to be the next Marvel or Disney or whatever you are. They don't generally do that stuff. Like I know when 
uh, Scarlett Johansson had a legal issue with Marvel. There was like a, a statement there, but yeah, there was yeah. like legal stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't, you know, that they were they wouldn't. And like this is just apparently, according to the actual reporting, this an out an outright lie. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like yeah, maybe yeah. I, so. That's a bunch of carny bullshit. We'll just it get is. that out. It of the is way. a bunch of carny bullshit. And the pro- and another problem is 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 when these reports come out, you're going to have people already kind of dumping on Sasha and Naomi for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Now, once the statement gets out there, it's going to magnify the situation, and they're going to get a whole bunch, a whole new level of crap that they don't deserve. Right. Yeah. Because of yeah. Uh, statements like this, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and. We don't know what's going on there. It would seem, based on what we know, yes, seemingly since the inception of the women's tag titles, Sasha wants to make those belts seem important and meaningful. Yeah. yeah. And barring a handful of examples, Vince McMahon has shown zero indication that he gives one shit about making those belts seem important and meaningful. Yeah, I know. I mean, I there know. is the stretch when Sasha and Bailey had him. Uh, uh, in in the uh, you know the Thunderdome phase, mm-hmm. where that scene was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, and it's disheartening because you see the work I had because of Sasha and Naomi. I had started coming around to, hey, this is I kind of like the idea philosophically of we're not going to go the standard route of even though they should additionally do a, a woman's mid-card title, but they're not going to do that. So instead, we'll have a division where, generally speaking, singles wrestlers will come together to try to do the tag team championships, and they'll be spun off into single storylines when they want to move up to, like, you know, the title or whatever, or outside, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, the 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 title scene in general. I was coming around to that because I'm like, man, Sasha and Naomi, they're really taking this seriously, and I feel like they can take these to a level, and it felt like they were really trying to do that. Yeah. And then you find out that, like, no, the plans are not for you to elevate these titles and make people care about this division. The plan is, in fact, for those to just be an afterthought so that you can lose. You can have a bit of a high profile, and then you can lose at pay-per-view. And hats off to Naomi, who was going to have a match against Bianca Belair mm-hmm. at the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And regardless if, you know, it was going to be win or lose, many people probably would have gone in and be like, oh, okay, I'm cool with that. I'm going to lose, but it's a title match and it's on pay-per-view. It's a prominent spot. No, she left because she wanted to stick with the tag team championships and try to make something mm-hmm. out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, Sasha has, number one, Sasha has a history of two distinct things. Number one, trying to make the most out of specifically those tag titles. And number two, doing what? Putting younger talent over. Trying to, even though every for years people would give her a bad rap in the ring for attitude problems, whatever, she's always trying mm-hmm. to put people over, trying to make them look good. Look what she did last year at WrestleMania with Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. She took that hair spot. She was like bleeding on the side. You see her outside while Bianca is celebrating and Sasha can't help but smile yep. because like, look at what we did. Look at what yep. we accomplished. Yep. yep. And Bianca's in there. Sasha has always been putting other people over, trying to elevate everybody with her. Yeah. And Naomi's no different. Um, and, and it's, it's an absolute shame that when they express, Hey, we want to make you even more money than we do by elevating these titles. And instead they get told, no, you're, you're going to do things this way. And it's, it's the bottom line is man, 
they've got leverage. Naomi is part of the bloodline legitimately. Yes. And Sasha, she she could just head to Hollywood right now. Yeah, she could. She doesn't need wrestling. She doesn't need WWE. She doesn't. She doesn't. She could, she could probably get her own spinoff Star Wars series tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, she is gonna be she is gonna be a massive crossover star. I'll yeah. be honest with you. Wrestling is probably slumming it for her at this point. Well, here's the thing: like, if WWE had actually promoted her being on the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. I know, I know. Like, why yeah. not? Why did they yeah. not do that? Yeah, that always boggled my mind. I don't know if they even, it was crazy. They, they might have mentioned it in passing. I think they mentioned it like once offhandedly. You know, um, yeah. No, this is uh, this is. This is ridiculous. I am glad. Look, I know there's plenty, and this is one of those things where I just I try to curate my Twitter feed for as long as I'm going to still have it. Um, Obviously, in the internet wrestling community, there's going to be a lot of bad takes about this stuff. Um, Much of it, unfortunately, stems from two things. They're women and they're black. And there's plenty of racism to go around. And, you know, people have rightfully been making the, the point, well, I don't remember a statement like this for A, B, C, D, other wrestlers who are all white. We're all men. Um, you know, when there was that that bit with Charlotte and Becky Lynch in the middle of the ring, yeah. you know, acting unprofessional when Charlotte was going off. Yep. Uh, whatever happened backstage with that, we didn't get a statement about that. Nope. Nope. Um, nope. Didn't get and a so statement there's a, when Jeff Hardy walked out of the show. Yeah. Yeah. You can you can probably count count uh, tons of examples where there was a disagreement, people walked out, no statement. The only one I could mm. think of was the Stone Cold, and that was twenty years ago, and that was because right. they fined him. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, there. The, the point is, Bear there are a ton. Tony Storm as well. Tony Storm. Yeah, she walked out. There are a ton of bad faith takes that are just rooted in in awful philosophies, and and it's all bullshit. It is bullshit. It's absolutely because these people, Sasha and Naomi, they know their value. Mm-hmm. They know that they have more to contribute to this business. And when you're right about something, you stand your ground. Yep. And and I love that they did this. And uh, and I hope that they get just the biggest ovation when they return because I I, so. I'm sure they will. I hope so. Um. And uh. And yeah. I mean, all the look. Number, we'll get rid of something else. Also, I don't want to hear one question. You think this is work? You think this is is work? No, this ain't a work. Nope. Like this is one man. You know, I, I mentioned this in the pre-show. I want to mention it again. Fightful Select really is the gold standard. Absolutely. Because this is Sean is the is the dude who broke this. Mm-hmm. And he get and I don't know, I, I honestly I honestly think it's just, you know, people love to sip on that hater aid man, but people they give him shit. And why? Because he's successful and he knows his shit and he yeah. knows a bunch of people. Yeah. And uh and he does his work and he does and a really lot of hard work. Yeah, and he's, he's really, really good, good at, at what he does. Yeah. Uh of course that brings out all the the bad faith takes as well that you see on the internet by a bunch of jackasses. But shout out to Fightful Select, by the way. Yeah, for for doing great work. If it wasn't for Absolutely. the work of Sean Ross Sapp, we'd have a hell of a time. I mean, honestly, man, at that point, we'd just be wrestling news now, man. We just start making some shit up, man. Because <laughs> what else are we can do? What's we can talk about? You know? Yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> so, uh, so shout out to Fightful Select. There's a reason why they've got so many uh, subs over on their Patreon. So FightfulSelect.com. Go check the them absolute, out. Yeah, where we get our shit best. from. The absolute best. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, I mean. In terms of where that goes from here is anybody's guess. I mean, Vince McMahon, uh, one thing you can say about him is that he, if you have a disagreement with him, now, like Mustafa Ali, he sat out for what? I don't know. 
was it like six months? Four months. Was it that long? Well, yeah, about six months. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, he, well, I think he last appeared uh, in October. Hmm. Yeah. 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 And uh, and and he ended up coming back. They're much higher profile. This is a much higher profile situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, like we said, the guy with the most stroke in the company, Roman Reigns, is literally related by marriage to. Naomi. Mm-hmm. So uh so I anticipate this situation. I mean this and even Sasha, you know, there was a period of time before where she walked away mm-hmm. and then they ended up bringing her back because they know that she's a draw and she makes money for the company. She does. And uh and you know, hopefully this will get settled sooner than later. I love seeing them on my TV. Oh, absolutely. They're terrifically creative wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, they have done wonders for elevating this division even under the strict restrictions i should say under the restrictions that they have in wwe where they do want to treat this division like an afterthought it seemed like they wanted to treat it more and i was buying into it man oh a thousand Um, percent yeah yeah it'd be just nice if the peep the higher ups at wwe bought into it as well agreed a thousand percent and and you know a thousand percent stand by sasha naomi for for doing this if you're not happy you know regardless of what you're getting paid if you don't if you if if you go to work every day and not finding meaning in your work or feel like there's not meaning in your work and you feel like you're valued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Money doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? Yep. You know? Absolutely. You, you could be getting paid a fortune. If you're miserable going to work, you're going to be miserable still. Yeah, exactly. And, and, it's, and it's, yeah. especially when wrestlers are out there putting their bodies on the line, mm-hmm. sacrificing time, a lot of time to be on the road, to be away from their families. Mm-hmm. And you have to go through that and walk into work and dread it. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a that's, that's a miserable way to live. It is. And so it if is. that's and what they're feeling, and they felt like the best thing for them was to do was to get themselves out of the situation. More power to them. Yeah. And I can't. I couldn't imagine at that level when they have so much scrutiny, such a big spotlight. Mm-hmm. You know, being on them, not just as women, as black women. And and the kind of vile shit that you see on social media, um, and 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 to be able to perform at that level, and to still strive to elevate what is in essence a pretty silly form of entertainment, you know. Mm-hmm. And they just want to make it better, and that love yep. for pro wrestling, exactly, and that love for giving the fans something much better than they're being given. Mm-hmm. Um, is is admirable. It is, and uh, and and my hat goes off to them. Definitely, um, definitely. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully, uh, this uh, this gets resolved, and and you know they're able to to do what they want with that mm-hmm. women's tag division. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's honestly, man, it's the kind of thing where it's like, I understand that Vince McMahon still has something to offer for the pro wrestling industry. He's like you know, it's in his millions of years old at this point, mm-hmm. but like, bring in some younger minds. To to you know why not let Molly Holly run the women's tag division Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. as opposed to everything having to go through a couple of super old dudes I know I know you know who who like it could it could be flourishing you could be taking these billion dollar deals into two billion I know it could I could and instead you got these old dudes who are out of touch a a lot a lot of the time most of the time and and yeah it's maddening it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Because Mary Planet Houston has the right man. I want a Molly Holly Island. There we go. You know, because <laughs> as you know, there's a lot of criticizing WWE, but when things are clicking, it could be pretty solid. It could be good wrestling, mm-hmm. and you see the ingredients there for it to be way better. 
roster never been better. Yeah, yeah. The amount of creativity on the roster. Mm-hmm. The amount of talent on the roster never been better. Right. Never yeah. been better. Yeah. And the creative minds on the roster itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mentioned. Yeah, yeah. They got rid of Bray Wyatt. One of the most creative dudes in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Dark Dank Lucha here in the chat has a right moral of the story. Know your worth and own it to the fullest. Look, man, we all like wrestling. We like WWE, but they're not Vince ain't gonna be your best friend. Nope. You don't have to defend nope. every damn decision he makes. Nope. Hold their feet to the fire. Yep. Make them make the product better. And that's what yep. Sasha and Naomi are trying to do. That's what we should be doing as fans. Yep. We do the same shit with AEW. Not enough women's matches in AEW. I love AEW. I think they do a lot of good things over there. Far from perfect, though. Far from perfect. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Let's talk about Monday Night Raw. There was only uh, one preview yesterday. It was the the cage match situation. <laughs> I'll Other be than- honest, I was worried that match wasn't going to happen. <laughs> the show kicked off. <laughs> Why? Why so, did you say that? So, so you know, so the, to kick off the show, they had extended video package for Amos and Lashley. They yeah. had Amos come to the ring. MVP talked for five minutes. Yeah. And then you had the, when Lashley comes out, you had Cedric attack him. You had Amos oh, yeah, attack. Right. And I was like, oh, are they really going to advertise this match? <laughs> And yeah. they just cancel it. Like when Lashley the cage got in the is, ring. The cage is there and they just cancel it. I know. Like a ma- uh, Lashley goes in the ring. And I thought when Amos took that first step towards it, MVPs be like, no, no, the time's not right. I was <laughs> yeah. fully expecting that to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It did happen. They did the goofy thing where like Bobby Lashley, like, they, I don't know. It's so silly. When, Whenever a match ends with like a, a, a like a, I guess sort of a caveat, you know, it's like, well, yeah, he he won, but, but like, he really should have lost. <laughs> you what, know, he gets he got thrown into a cage wall. So so when uh, when Amos throws Lashley through the cage, and Amos, and then Lashley is rightly selling being thrown through the cage, and so he's you yeah. know on that panel of the cage selling getting thrown through it, and then it just felt. Weird that Amos just stood there. He stood there and was like looking menacing. And then Bobby Lashley, it's like he woke up from a nap, was like, all right, let me go to the kitchen real quick. And they're like, hey, you won the match. Yeah. Oh, cool, because both of his feet are on the ground. But it felt like it's what, in that time that Lashley was selling, Amos should have made some move to realize, oh, I need to act with urgency because Lashley could easily roll off this piece of cage and win. 
make some effort to go through the door, leap yeah. through that hole you just made or something. It's when it's when wrestlers act like dullards. It's when they get distracted, they get tunnel vision. There are several tropes about wrestlers like with matches that I really wish would be reexamined in yes. the year 2022 because that's one of them. It's like you're just sitting, you're just standing there not thinking to yourself how do you win this match? Mm-hmm. Let's look at the history of WWE. Somebody here mentions Umaga and Lashley did the same finish in, back in 2007. In, in MVP's promo before the match, he explained the darn rules of the match. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, he feet on the floor, it. you win the match. Yeah, he explained it. Yeah, it's 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 silly. Um, it's a good concert crap here in chat says it's called experiencing good ring awareness that Lashley won. And Moss doesn't know the rules of a cage match. MVP just explained it. That's that's just called not paying attention. He just explained. And it's like, you're in the WWE. Have you not watched a cage match? You but know here's how the thing. these things work. Here's the thing. This is just, I'm sure someone said, okay, this is what's going to be the finish. You're going to throw Lashley through the cage, and you're going you're to stay in the cage and wait for Lashley to get up. And and I guess they were like, all right, fine. But how does that well, make yeah. any sense? It doesn't no, make any right. sense. No, you're right. That's why, that's why you need, and I don't know, you know, we've heard... We've heard that MVP had been somewhat involved or at least had a say in some of the creative one, like mm-hmm. the Hurt Business. Who knows if he had anything to do with this match? I have yeah. no idea. But you would think somebody would say, and I imagine they do. It would not shock me if MVP was like, okay, shouldn't Amos make a move on him or something like that? Shouldn't maybe there be a situation? Even this, Lashley gets thrown through the cage. He's on the cage wall standing there. He looks at Amos. Amos looks at him, looks at the floor, makes a move, and then Lashley darts to the floor. I know. There's drama there. like, oh, shit, I fucked up. Yeah. Get out of there, Lashley. Yeah, drama. But no, it was like Lashley's sitting there sleeping. Amos is like, he's like he's like in the in 2K22 when somebody just stands there and does nothing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's silly stuff. Otherwise I'll be honest with you. I, you know, aside from like, you know, scrolling and looking at the Sasha Naomi stuff, I thought besides one hilariously bad segment, raw was actually pretty fun. And I'll be honest. Oh, judgment. day. Oh yeah. It gets worse every week. (laughs) How does it get worse every week? Usually they do something and it's like, Oh, this isn't working. Let's tweak it and make it better. It's get They're so corny as, as, as much as when this started, I was like, oh, Edge, if they ever split off that WWE title from Roman yeah. and have like a tournament or something, I could see Edge. Not anymore. No. Uh, they are so close. They're like so close to being 24-7 division material, dude. Yeah, I know. They're like a comedy act now. Their promos are so corny. It was, I texted you this last night. As soon as Damian Priest started talking, Lacey walked in the room and I was like, oh. this is so embarrassing that I'm watching this. Ooh. And so I fast forward and when, and cause I think after this was Cody and, and she sat down when Cody was on, I was like, this is so good. Like Cody's promo was so it good. Was good. Last it night. was good. It was good. It was a, in stark contrast to the judgment day promo where they spent 10 minutes saying, Hey, join us. And that oh, was pretty it was, much it. It was awful. It's like it they're taking so the cheesy. scenic route, and there's and there's like doing the, the the doing the entire coastal drive of the United States to get to your destination. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's it crazy. Was, it was this, this, the detours they take to pretty much just say, in this instance, join us. Yeah, you'll be better. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. It was a uh, it, it was really bad. But otherwise, everything else I thought I thought was pretty fun about the show. I mean, I liked. You know, I thought we were going to get a bit of a repeat with Mustafa Ali even. And instead, finally, Veer Mahan 
after you know destroying jobbers, mm-hmm. he's the latest monster now. They they're upping the stakes with the yeah, yeah, Ali, yeah, yeah. and that's all I ask really is that you keep on sort of increasing the stakes and what's going on. You add new layers to it. I was cracking up when Theory took that uh, selfie at the end, and Miz was like, "Hey." What about me? And he's like, get yeah, in yeah. here. Yeah, and, yeah. and freaking Veer's still do. And Veer's not looking at the camera. He's just looking straight ahead because he's like this mindless monster. I even, I even like that stuff. Um, yeah, I, I thought, I thought Raw once again. I thought it was pretty solid. I thought maybe there was a little bit of the copy and paste with Riddle and Jimmy Uso fighting that they didn't really add a whole lot no. there, perhaps. No. Um, but Riddle's such a good wrestler that I can I can watch. Yeah, the him. match was still really good. But yeah, they didn't really, yeah, the match was good. It was it was kind of you know, hey, let's go back to what we did three weeks ago, just to kind of remind people, mm-hmm. hey, this is still this a thing. Is, this is happening. Yeah. Um, I again, I I like the uh, the the Kevin Owens stuff with uh, Ezekiel is hilarious. I love. <laughs> <laughs> you read the thing. DNA was contaminated by Otis's. Barbecue I love sauce, they yeah. still reference Otis's. You know the 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 love. You know the barbecue uh, yeah. version of and, Otis that we used to have. Kevin Owens is is so damn good on commentary. Just and it's He's little fantastic. things. Anytime anyone yeah. said the name Ezekiel a commentary, you just mm. he would just say it whether it be loud with the under his breath, Elias. Elias. Mm, yeah, and I love the yeah. bit where he's like, "Show the graphic again." Where he put Elias under there, do it again, and they throw it up again. And it says Ezekiel. So, no, not that Ezekiel. one. <laughs> it's Ezekiel. Yeah, that was really, really good. Um, and then I'll be honest, you know, Rob Zerver, he he made this point on Twitter. That's it's a really sound one, and I wanted to echo it. But having been thrown uh, a, a new scenario, Oscar and Becky. My God, their chemistry oh, in the so ring. Good. You'd have thought this match, and it was only like, I don't know, 10 minutes. Yeah, minutes it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it, was. it wasn't long, but it was really good. What we got was but awesome. They are so fantastic. And I, I thought the finish with the mist, I thought was was awesome. And uh, and and Becky eating that loss, it, it, it doesn't hurt her at all because she mm-hmm. got the mist in the face. Exactly. And her decline continues. Yep. Her descent into, you know, uh, Rock her crisis of confidence yes. continues. Yeah, her rock bottom. I thought that was good. So, um, so yeah, I thought I thought Raw was pretty decent last night. Yeah, there was there was a lot to to be happy with. Let's let's jump right into it. Opened up with, well, mentioned it. We had this extended video package uh, about the Amos Lashley feud. Cage is set up. That's kicking off the show. So Amos and MVP come to the ring first, and uh, MVP drops a promo where he pretty much just uh, goes over the same kind of territory. Hey, Lashley hogged all the Mania spotlight for himself. I made the almighty, uh, and they explains the rules of a cage match. Um, and then, uh, so Lashley makes his entrance. He's attacked by Cedric from behind. Amos comes out of the cage, to join in. Eventually that's broken up by refs and producers. Lashley gets in the cage. Raw rolls on again. To this point, I expected this match to not happen. It did. <laughs> yeah, no, it did. It did. It did. Um, at, at one point. So MVP obviously is getting involved. There's no DQ situation. He's hitting, Lashley with his cane. At one point, he reaches through the cage and starts slapping Lashley around a little bit. Lashley grabs him by the hand, yanks him in the cage, hits the boss with a spear, gets a two-count there. Uh, eventually, like Cedric tries to get involved while Lashley's trying to climb out. He tosses Cedric off the top. Oh, he took a big bump. Off yeah. the top of the cage right into the ring. Um, and then, yeah, at the finish, Amos throws Lashley through the cage. The whole panel just collapses over. Mm-hmm. And is leaning against the floor. So Lashley, really, all he has to do is roll and take a step, and he's he wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
and he's selling the effect of being thrown through a cage as he should. Mm-hmm. Amos yeah. does nothing, and eventually Lashley gets off the cage panel, gets the win, and then they they're trying to act like there's some confusion, and so they have Danello the ref go to the timekeeper, and and say he escaped the cage. It doesn't matter if it's the door or the top or through the cage, he wins. Yeah, that's sh- it. Should you know the more we talk about it, the more it's kind of it's like man, you could have added so much if like you have that because their TV, you know, for as much flack as Kevin Dunn gets for all the the zooms and stuff. The way they frame story beats is actually pretty good. He's pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. It's an underrated aspect of pro wrestling. AEW oftentimes miss this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Kevin Dunn's pretty good at it. And you could have had a moment where MVP realizes if even if a Moss doesn't, MVP should. I know. I know. And he tries to get a Moss's attention. Hey, get grab out of there. him. And get a Moss would be like, wait, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. He it's the floor's right there. You could have had that moment. And the crap that might have picked the crowd up too. I know, you know, and then but then Lashley the gets whole, out, and then they all make yeah. The whole end is lacked urgency. Yeah, exactly. Once yeah. you see Lashley go through the cage and say, "Oh, he's 18, 18 inches from foot hit hitting the floor," all right, he's mm-hmm. going to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. the whole thing about the, the whole idea of having someone escape the cage is to build the urgency of that moment. You're exactly right. Are they going to be able to incapacitate their opponent enough that they can? Literally just walk out out of out of the ring, mm-hmm, yeah. Or in yeah. this case, roll off a piece of cage. Yeah. Uh, after that, we had Theory versus Mustafa Ali, uh, or so uh, we thought it was going to be. So Theory calls for a mic, and he's like, "Hey, you know what, man? I'm sorry." He says, "I can't figure out why you think this match is going to happen." He says, "I can't go through with it unless there's somebody, a referee who could be trusted 100 percent to call it right down the middle." So I I got Vince to approve a special guest referee, and once again, it's the Miz. He says, you know, but something just doesn't seem right here. He says, you know what? I'm Vince, Vince McMahon's protege. It doesn't make sense for you to lose and still get a match with the champ. He says, so I'm going to help you out. I'm going to give you the same lesson I learned from Vince. Expect the unexpected. But I'm going to give you a chance to prove your championship material. So instead of me, tonight your opponent is Veer Mahan. And uh, then we get Mustafa Ali versus Veer Mahan. Uh, most of it, he puts up a good fight. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously the best fight that Veer's probably had at this point because Veer hasn't really faced anybody. Um, and uh, but in the end, because of the shenanigans of of the Miz and of uh, of uh, of Theory, uh, he finds himself in a uh, getting hit with a killer million dollar arm clothesline mm-hmm. and then a cervical clutch. Uh, this is after some arguments here with Ali and the Miz. Yeah, Miz pipe face. He, yeah, he does, and he's about to, and he's about to, yeah, smack Miz after Miz. Like I don't know, I forget what happens, but uh, Veer cuts him off with that big clothesline. Um, so then he puts it back on. So Theory, because Ollie taps out, and yeah. uh, he puts it back on so Theory can get a selfie. Miz gets into the selfie. It's a pretty funny moment. Veer clears off the announce table, and he's because they're like, "Hey, go, yeah, do the table, do the table, the table, yeah." And uh, and then uh, Ray and Dom come to the ring and make the save for Mustafa Ali. So I imagine we're going to get six-man action next week. Certainly looks that way. Uh, then we're backstage. Becky Lynch runs up to Adam Pearce, and she's talking about, like, frantically, main event's not going to happen. It can't happen. We go to commercial. We come back, and she says, I just saw Naomi and Sasha leave the building. Apparently, according to Feifel, you know, uh, they had to kind of scramble to shoot some backstage segments to motivate the main event. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she says, six-pack challenge shouldn't happen. And since I never got my rematch for the title, I should be named number one contender, and I'll just take the night off. And Pierce says, no, we need a main event, so now it's going to be 
you versus Asuka, winner faces Bianca. Yup. Yeah. Yeah. The, it was, it was, you know, Becky, Becky's so good on her feet, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. this, this came off pretty legit. I wonder if it's like a weird situation for her. It's like, Ooh, you know, anyways, uh, after that, we had uh, riddle versus Jimmy Uso. Of course, it's the hype up the tag title unification match coming up on Friday. Uh, of course, in this case, uh, so Randy yeah, was. Gotta, they said Randy yeah. had a, a family thing. He had he had booked or something like that. They they had some reason why Randy wasn't there today. So it was pretty much Riddle fighting both Usos here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, Riddle ends up getting the win with the backwoods. Uh, but of course, after like you know, uh, so he fought Jimmy, and so Jay. Yeah, there's all sorts of shit going on. Jay the gets tossed from ringside because the ref sees him help Jimmy try to get a roll up. Yeah, he did that thing again he with the, the foot. Rope and put he his was feet like, it's finally a ref catches this. The ref's never caught. It's like a whole ass man just holding this dude's foot, and the ref never caught except for this time. He's like, look at what are you doing? It was a really funny exchange between. Uh, I think it was uh, Jack Daddy mm-hmm. uh, was the ref in this case, and or Spider, I think his name is, and yeah. uh, Jay, and yeah, he tosses Jay. And then uh, Riddle hits it backwards for the win here and then gets out of the ring to avoid an attack from Jay. Yep. Uh, then we got a Liv Morgan interview. She's uh, She says, you know, whether Rhea joins a motorcycle gang or a rugby team or Judgment Day, she's not getting away with this. No matter what the odds are, I'm never going to give up the fight. And she uh, is interrupted by Los Lotharios. And they say, oh, we're here to comfort you. You know, it always cheers, uh, cheers someone up. Kiss can and she's like, mm, no. I think Angel. Angel was doing Angel was doing most of the talking here. And Berto just chimed in with, We are gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Angel's the talker, and Umberto just, we are gentlemen. <laughs> so AJ and Finn step in, tells Lotharios to leave. Uh AJ says, We got an offer for you. You got beef with Rhea. We got beef with Damian Priest and Edge. Why not join forces? Watch each other's backs. And then Finn says, yes, the three of us need to work together. Invites her to join them ringside tonight for their match against Los Lotharios. And Rhea just goes, or sorry, Liv just goes, uh, mm, I'll think about it. It's like Damien Priest with that donut. What, yeah. what is the deal here? You just join. These are the two first leaders of Bullet Club, man. You know that they're nothing but success. You join in. Give them the too sweet. Too sweet. Well, that does happen. But first... We get a Judgment Day promo. Buddy, you got it. Let's keep this to like three sentences. I think I did. This is them trying (laughs) to recruit people, namely AJ Finn and Liv Morgan. Yeah, right. That was basically the crux of what Edge was saying here. Hey, join our movement. Judgment Day equals power. Stop worrying about what the fans think and reach your your, your potential. Join us at the top of the mountain. It's a beautiful place to be. This is this is a good point. White Brownie says uh, Liv is probably thinking you guys took your sweet ass time getting That's the ring. That's a fair point. Week. That is a fair yeah. point. That's so a like, fair well, point. maybe maybe if she's part of the faction, she gives the too sweet. They will be quicker. Maybe they're like, yeah, we don't know about her. Maybe uh, after that, we had Finn Balor, AJ Styles versus Lothal Tharios. I am a gentleman. Uh, so Liv did join Finn and AJ at ringside. Uh, of course, is a good match here for former Bullet Club leaders. They got the win here. Yeah. Uh, uh, AJ took out uh, one of the Umberto's Garza with a phenomenal forearm. It was Angel, it was Angel, Angel Garza. Finn hit the uh, Carrillo version, the Carrillo variant of the Umberto's Garza with the Coup de Gras to actually get the win. And then afterwards, they meet in the ring. 
in the middle of it, throw up the too sweet, and the lib comes over and they're like, come on, give me the too sweet. And then she throws up the too sweet. Get this faction a name yeah. and some shirts, man. Something cool. Not like the OC. That was a terrible name. Yeah. Something cool. Yeah, something cool. Doesn't have to have club in it. No, although they seem intent on doing, because before the OC, it was just the club. Remember that? When it was AJ and Yeah, it was terrible. Don't worry you about know, doesn't, club. Didn't, uh, didn't WWE, don't they have the trademark on Too Sweet? I don't know if anybody has a trademark on Too Sweet, but they did send, oh, really? a, they did send what, the Young Bucks a season Right, yeah. Six. Yeah, but I don't know if they have a trademark on it. Why don't they do that? Just call them Too Sweet. That'd be kind of cool. Who are you guys? We're Too Sweet. <laughs> no, he'd have to say it, you know, like uh, too sweet. We're just sweet. too sweet. I can't do Finn with a high voice. I can barely do Finn. Here we go. Uh, we got Anyways. Kevin Owens backstage. Oh, this, was great. This, this was hilarious. I could watch these guys all day long. I could They're watch hilarious. Kevin Owens do like anything all day. I know. Long. I know. Hilarious. And Gable, dude, Gable and Otis, they're fucking hilarious. They're funny in so, their right, yes. So uh, Gable and Otis step up, and they've got Ezekiel's DNA results. Kevin Owens, super happy about this. He's like, uh, uh, you know, he's like, we took Zeke's DNA. He says, I found a piece of Elias's hair on one of his guitars from back in the day. He says, so Kevin Owens opens the envelope. He's like, okay, come on, let's see it. Let's see it. So impatient. He says, uh, it says here, the DNA sample is contaminated by barbecue sauce. <laughs> and they both look at Otis. And Otis says, oh, uh, Elias must have eaten pulled pork and ribs before the show last week. <laughs> He was like on the verge of being old school Otis, but I he's know. still using I his know. real voice. Um, so uh, Kevin Owens says, I remember you last week. You were eating ribs the entire time, all day long. And uh, and Kevin Owens says, yeah, that's right. He says, maybe we should give you a lie detector test. Uh, and then Gable steps in. He says, he says, look, look, that, listen, shoosh. The chain of custody got broken some way along, somewhere along the way. He says, look, maybe we can run ancestry tests. And Kevin Owens says, no. No more tests. They never work. You're supposed to be the smartest man on earth. And Elias is making you look like an idiot. And Gable says, shoosh. He says, I'm going to expose Zeke for the fraud he is. But maybe tonight when I wrestle him, I'm going to beat it out of him first. Kevin Owens like, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was funny shit. Man. It was funny. It was good stuff. Uh, then we got Alexa Bliss versus Sonya Deville. Alexa Bliss got new music. Gone yeah, what do you think about this? It's got lyrics. Is, yeah, it's not, it's not the dubstep theme. It's not the mashup of of when she was doing the alexis playground stuff it is fine it's all right what is it like shut up and sit down or something like that oh i really like the the lyrics were something something like that maybe somebody in chat knows um you know what man you know me i like effort Mm -hmm. they have it's got lyrics it doesn't sound generic i'm good that's all i ask for you know is it is, is it a banger i don't know i'd have to listen to it a couple more times to really tell yeah but it's got lyrics and it doesn't sound generic so I think that's good. Character-wise, they it's still clear they have no idea. That's what I was going to say. As soon as Alexa walks out and I feel bad for her, it's obvious Creative has no idea what they're doing with her character now, and, and therefore it's like, who is Alexa Bliss? Commentary made one mention of the therapy things. Um, but otherwise, it seems, yeah, pretty clear that yeah. she's out there without any real direction at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it could be the kind of thing where they're like, hey, listen, you're too, people love you too much to, uh, and now I know we're going to get the weird Alexa Bliss stan accounts with the little icons and stuff in our comments on YouTube mm-hmm. saying yeah, they should have done more. She should have been fighting for the title. She should have all the titles, all that weird shit. 
Uh, but uh, but yeah, they're probably just like, hey, look, you know what? You got a new theme song that makes it seem like you might have direction. Uh, you just go out there with Lily because maybe we're gonna do something with her, and uh, but we're probably not. But still, it sells merchandise. It exactly. probably sells, it sells a ton. Exactly. Um, so just go out there, and then we'll figure out a story for you at some point. Could be. Could be. Uh, she gets another win over Sonya Deville here. A more competitive match than the one they had last week. In the end, results the same. Alexa hits that right hand. Uh, and then a DDT to get the win. And then Sonya, after she sells the finish, gets up, argues with the ref, slaps him. Oh, he sold Problem. the shit out of that, too. The problem is, she's not a WWE official anymore. She can't be doing that. Yeah, she really can't be doing that. I mean, she shouldn't have been able to when she was a WWE official. No, she official. should, but at least you know she she would say, well, I'm WWE official. <laughs> now <laughs> right, she can't exactly, say that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, after that, we had a very sweaty, but man. So the Cody Rhodes countdown yeah. was finally up. I was very excited about that countdown because it let me know, Cody fan, for a long time now, uh, exactly when Cody was going to happen. Because um, even if you missed the rest of Raw, you knew that yeah. Cody Rhodes was going to be there at the top of the third hour. Right, exactly. Exactly. You would be I sure know when you would Cody set, happens. You would set every alarm and timer in your house to make sure yeah. That you yeah. wouldn't miss it. Now, at this point, I was actually playing some My GM with the Enforcer. It was our final mm. episode because in two weeks, W Steve W starts. So, in fact, you did miss it live. I did miss it live. But had I wanted to watch it live, I knew that I could have. And I knew what time it would have been. No, I waited till later when everybody was asleep except for Lacey. She came out to watch this Cody Rhodes promo with me. Uh, she didn't acknowledge it at all. But I feel like uh, if she was around for the Judgment Day one, or if she, if she actually, if I played it in front of her, she would have... Mock criticized me. She would have mocked me. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She would have unmanned me. Anyways, Cody <laughs> said, uh, I've been told that Seth isn't here tonight. And although he is surrounded by, uh, I'm, I'm surrounded by lovers in Virginia and the millions watching at home. <clears throat> lovers? He said lovers? There's like a t shirt. Uh, Virginia is for lovers. Oh, okay. There you go. He's referencing this- that. I don't know if there's a slogan that exists beyond the t shirt, but I've seen the shirt before. Okay. Thank you for that context. Uh, he says, I hope Seth is listening. He says, Last week, I tried to move forward and Seth went. And dumped gasoline on the flame, and uh, and then said that I would never take anything from him ever again. He says, "What was it that I took from Seth? It's not I diluted his legacy or crossed a line. The biggest threat to Seth is probably himself. He's trapped in a purgatory of his own design and intent on pulling him in, on pulling me into it." He says, "Now let's flash back to 2012. Seth shows up in WWE. He says, and I was one of the bitter boys in the locker room." Within years, he had won tag gold, won WWE title, and for skeptics like myself, he proved that there was a glass ceiling. He says Seth won his way to the top. He smashed through that. He says my story is a little different. I didn't win. I lost, and I scratched, and I clawed, and I painted my face with a smile. He said looking up at the lights most nights, but the thing is I endured. He says you learn so much from loss, how to reinvent yourself. Learn the difference between a revolutionary interview and a revolutionary actions. And the number one thing I learned is that I'm never going to be the American dream. So why not embrace the nightmare? That got a big pop. Yes. Hold on. Uh, Mondo Magic here can confirm that uh, Virginia is for lovers is the is slogan, state slogan. Okay. I, now that you mentioned, okay, that, that sounds right. Um, he says, uh, he continues. He says, uh, you could say that I lost my way to the top, but what it comes down to is does Seth's embarrassment over losing two matches outweigh 
my quest of vindication, my second chance. So you don't take it for granted. If Seth is intent on taking my second chance, Seth's going to have to kill me. And I'm going to give him the chance. I want to run it back. I want to play for keeps. Rhodes versus Rollins, part three inside hell in a cell. The crowd goes crazy for that. They don't have to pump in any crowd noise for Cody, man. Crowd loves Cody. Crowd does love Cody. So Seth shows up with a Tron. He's got a great vault blazer, like a fishnet shirt. It's an amazing outfit. Amazing. And he's laughing as usual. Says, oh, Cody, you tried to steal my spotlight at WrestleMania. That wasn't enough. You tried cheating. You cheated to win at Backlash. That wasn't enough. Now you're begging me for one more go around this time in hell in a cell. You must be stupider than you look because anyone who ever stepped foot in the cell with me has been changed forever. But you already know my answer. I'm going to exploit your insecurities and expose you for the fraud you are. I accept. And Cody says there's nothing left to say then other than I'll see you in hell. Uh, after that, we had an awesome Oscar interview. She seems act like she had a couple more cups of coffee than usual. She says, uh, Becky cries like a big baby, but tonight I'm going to give her a reason to cry. She is so wonderful in these interviews, oh, man. She it's is. great. Yeah. And after that, they were hyping up the main event, and they're showing the graphic. And then this is where Corey says that Sasha and Naomi uh, unprofessionally left the arena. It was very stilted. It was like uh, uh, Sasha and Naomi summarily yes. and unprofessionally, and you could just hear Vince. You could just hear Vince. You can basically hear Vince talking to his headset. It's like, man, I know. I get it. It's your job. But Corey Graves has – he's got some pull of his own. They're not going to get rid of him for saying no to one thing. You know, you could say no, man. I know, I know it's easy for me to say that because I'm sitting here. I'm armchair quarterback. Yeah. But come on, man. You sound like an asshole I when know. you say shit like that. It's, 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 it's somebody, somebody, uh, oh, in my, in, where was it? Somebody else said that, uh, did Jimmy Smith also say the same thing at some point? I was listening for it because I, I heard, heard somebody say earlier on Corey, I thought made some reference to professionalism in this regard as well. Another, uh, 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 graphic hyping up the main event Mm -hmm. um but it wasn't as pointed as this one yeah yeah but i don't remember i don't remember jimmy saying anything but i could be wrong yeah so uh so anyways after that we had chad gable versus uh ezekiel kevin owens brilliant on commentary just great i love otis is there too he's watching the match and at one point when uh gable goes up he get i think he reverses something he goes i mean you just hear kevin owens say otis you're very tu- you're very sweaty don't touch me please yeah because but what like early on otis was was around ringside and at a certain point he's he's standing right behind kevin owens in yeah, commentary he is. Right, you could hear yeah. him talking to kevin owens through uh chaos mike it was pretty funny yeah it's pretty great. This this uh, these guys are great. They are. Uh, so, anyways, uh, Ezekiel wins this with a roll up for the win. Otis at one point had gotten on the apron. Zeke need him off. Uh, Gable tried to get the roll up, and then he reversed that into a backwards for the win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a fun match. Um, then we got our uh, truth and Tamina. They're backstage looking for Akira Tozawa. Uh, they walk up to I, I believe it was a garbage can. And Truth says to catch Tazawa, you got to think like him. So he takes the, the divorce papers, dumps in the garbage can, and a couple seconds later, Tazawa pops up. He's upset at Tamina. <laughs> so Dana Brooks steps in. She says, hey, Truth, thank you for serving the divorce papers to Reggie. And Truth says, you know, I'm happy to, uh, to have started and ended your marriage. Now it's time to talk compensation. 
I want the 24-7 title back. And so Dana pushes him. She runs off. She runs into Carmella. Uh, Carmella tells Dana, you're a sorry excuse for a competitor and a wife. And I like Dana. I'm a real champ. And Dana says, you know, the last time you were relevant was when the chinless guy was still here. Ooh, Ellsworth reference. Yeah. And then uh, Truth runs in. He sees Carmella. He's like, oh, happy you're back. Yeah, get on my back. <laughs> yeah, and he, and he says, uh, uh, I want your help getting the 24-7 title back. And she says, I'll help you the time is right. But when we do that, I want Dana. Yeah, yeah. I like the little reference. I liked when Carmella was with R-Truth. They were having fun. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, after that, okay, dude. So this is so confusing. This is so confusing. So Lacey Evans, who's now on Raw, she comes out to drop a promo. And it's a very baby. She almost cried during this thing. She was thanking. I mean, I'm not going to go through this whole thing, but she's like thanking everybody for their service. There's some service people there. It's the most baby face promo you can cut. And yet that shit on SmackDown was totally meant for a heel. I don't get it. What is going on? I don't get it. Yeah. She's, she, she, you know, uh, uh, talked about how much she admires and respects members of the armed serve, armed forces. Mm-hmm. Uh, she says, find the courage to fight is hard. Find the courage to change your circumstances is hard, but you've got the, but you got what it takes to do it. It was very inspiring stuff. She was trying to inspire people here, you know? Yes. Yes. Says, I'm, I'm thankful to be on raw and only show the W universe. They have what it takes to beat the cycle, but also show her two girls. They can do it too. Right. Uh, that they have what it takes inside, uh, that they have what it takes to wake up, work and win. And then she mm-hmm. does the catchphrase she's been doing. I may, uh, I may not be better than any other uh, WB superstars back, but they damn sure are no better than me. Right, right. So yeah. I don't know what to make of all that, man. I don't know what's I going know. on. It's weird. Uh, anyways, uh, after that, we <laughs> this was funny because they did this weird, and I liked how it was filmed. It was like in a really super smoky room yeah. and Riddle is approaching from like kind of far off and he's walking through the door. I couldn't hear word exactly. one of like the first, I don't know, 10 seconds of what I he had to anything. say. The same thing with the Usos thing that that, that was after it. Yeah. The, the music was too loud. Randy and I'm going to take out the Usos when we do tag title. I was like, what What did you say? How did yeah. you start this thing up? What's going yeah. on right now? Yeah, I had no idea. I, yeah, the last thing he said was nothing's going to stop him and Randy from going to SmackDown you to find the tag titles. But at least with the Riddle one, it made sense because he, he was, was walking, walking towards camera and, and then they didn't mic him appropriately mm-hmm. to get his audio the whole way. So you only really heard anything by the time he walked up the camera with the Usos. They were just standing there and they just had their music. <laughs> the Usos music too loud when they started talking. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And so Jimmy says that Riddle got lucky earlier. That luck's running out on Friday because uh, it's going to be one undone on SmackDown. Bloodline's going to have all the gold. Is there some sort of filmmaking theory that could explain this, perhaps? Vince saw right. some sort of... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. I mean, this I don't Dogma know. 95 like, thing? Are they using... <laughs> are they using... We always talk about the Dogma 95. Well, are no, because using... Riddle, that wouldn't work because th- 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 there was artificial light there. Yeah, right. I know. That's that. what I'm saying. I'm trying. Is there something else like where like the dialogue should be obscured? Is there some sort <laughs> for like a period of time? I'm trying to think. I know Orson Welles did the overlapping dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Altman employed that as well. Okay. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's movies where there's been a, a conversation happening. Well, 
I mean, yeah, uh, Jean-Luc Godard, I believe, did that in some of his movies mm-hmm. where there's uh, dialogue, and instead of actually hearing the dialogue, it's blast music really loud. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, yeah. I'm trying to think maybe, like, ambient noise is overriding the dialogue if there's some filmmakers. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we can get our nerdy film talk another time. Maybe maybe, maybe what WB is doing is calling attention to the, how fabricated and, and, and created oh, their world is. Oh, I like that. That's good, yeah. Yeah, getting kind of meta with it. I like it. Um, yeah, I know. I know there are filmmakers who have done that kind of shit. Anyways, yeah. Oscar versus Becky Lynch was our main event again. Like we said, and Bianca was at ringside watching this. She was like, "Yeah, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing out here, really, <laughs> besides observing." So I'm just gonna look like a star. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, these two—they've got just amazing chemistry. Mm-hmm. You can tell they love being in the ring with each other. They've been doing it for years, so this is probably like. This is probably like an afterthought for them, but for us, we get to just watch and crisp, enjoy. Crisp. Oh, absolutely. Just yeah. Crisp wrestling. It was so good. Mm-hmm. So good. Some of those sequences were so fast. So well done. Uh the end saw uh so Becky gets the advantage. She walks over to Bianca who's sitting ringside and starts talking some crap. And Oscar comes from behind, hits her, um, and then Becky responds by slamming Oscar's head in the apron. And then she takes Oscar, throws her into Bianca. Becky then puts Oscar back in the ring, uh, goes over to Bianca and just kind of like boots her a little bit. Mm-hmm. So Bianca gets up, gets on the apron. This distracts the ref. So Becky goes over and gets Oscar's umbrella she comes out with for her entrance. So she turns around, about to hit her with it. Oscar miss Becky, kicks her in the head to get the win. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that was a good finish, man. Yeah, it was. That was a good finish. I'm always happy Anyways. to see the mist. Oh, oh man, I love the mist. Uh, I'm sure we have plenty of questions here on the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Steve and Larson. We have a variety of reward tiers there. $5 gets you the bonus episode. You want to do the bonus episode at 2.30 today? That sounds good. We can do that. Lacey and I want to go to Galleria before we get Bama. So, so yeah, if we do that, 2.30 Pacific, 5.30 Eastern. Yeah, what are we going to talk about? Oh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We always do. How about this? Uh, new merch for going in raw. We Sounds can great. crowdsource some new merch. Sounds we'll good. talk about something more substantial as well. But that's one thing I want to talk to the friendos about. Um, Crank Zone Gaming here in the chat says, "Did you two walk out of Machinima like Sasha and Naomi walked out of Raw?" No, we had carte blanche when it came to uh, our creative. We got to elevate ten for the win as we saw fit. So we had yes. no reason to walk out of Machinima. No, but then we got laid off. <laughs> They future endeavored us. Yeah, we yeah. <laughs> we got we got the release after one of their quarterly calls. Yeah, <laughs> their their uh, earnings calls. Uh, David Matushik says, if the barbecue sauce were part of Ezekiel's DNA, what kind of meat would he be? Wow. Yeah. Well, wasn't it revealed to be rib meat? Yeah. Rib yeah. meat. It was in the episode. Uh, let's see here. Oh, wow. This is an interesting question. Uh, yeah. Cornbread Haas. Apparently, Dolly Parton communicates with Miley Cyrus via fax. If you had a fax machine in your house for the sole purpose of one specific person messaging you, who would you want that to be? Like my grandpa, if he was still alive. He was very much a gadget guy. Oh. Yeah. Like he had he had his own little home office that was fascinating because <laughs> he 
he was, you know, like a guy who was he was old even in the eighties. You know, he yeah, was probably yeah, yeah. in his sixties or whatever, and uh, he had all sorts. It was like it was like the back room. What I imagine like the back room of a Radio Shack mm-hmm. would look like, just all sorts of weird shit. But then he had also like he was a big fan of bolo ties, so he had those hanging up everywhere mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, but he had probably fax machines and all sorts of. Oh weird yeah, shit yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah my, if my grandpa answer. was alive, my grandpa, he would always give me like weird shit for like Christmas, like clock radios with flashlights on it. You know, it's like, oh, what am I going to do with this? Yeah, but know. it's cool. It is. Cool. It is cool. Maybe he made them. He didn't. Oh, all right. But, you know, he maybe he could tinker with them. I don't know. That could I don't be. know. I don't even know how adept he was at actually tinkering with gadgets. Ah. Be cool if you made a time machine. Cameron cool. Bartolazzo said this Ezekiel Elias storyline is great, but I'd feel so it'd be so much better on SmackDown just to hear Pat's reaction. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. That yeah, is a great Pat point. McAfee could add a lot to that story. He could he could? Mayor Planet Houston says Larson should get faxes from Sid. Oh, that's this good. Yeah, fax me his his uh, his softball line for the day. Oh, <laughs> two for five, two home runs, <laughs> seven RBIs. And that's it. Oh, damn, seven RBIs. I mean, if he gets two home runs. Um, let's see here. Uh, uh, White Brownie, does Becky get involved with Oscar versus Bianca, and do we get that triple threat at Money in the Bank? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised that happens. Uh, Josh Field says, uh, if they don't wind up being released, do you think we'll start to see more talent going this route? Uh, or do you think this is limited to somebody like Sasha who has a little bit more leverage with her acting opportunities? I, I wonder if... Uh, you know, wrestlers can communicate more directly these days with their fans via social media, obviously. Mm-hmm. That immediately, I think, gives them, gives them a little bit more leverage. I and mean, we saw it with Mustafa Ali, guy who obviously big on principles. And, and he was like, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm, 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 I'm walking out, you know, mm-hmm. after a conversation, apparently a pretty yeah. heated one with Vince McMahon. So um, I don't know. I honestly, this is a good question. It is. I don't know. It's gonna. It's gonna be up to the wrestlers. But I mean, I don't know. You look up and down the roster. I mean, if a guy like Gable all of a sudden wasn't happy with his creative, would could you see him walking away? Well, I, mean, I don't know. You could make the case that, regardless of you know where they are on the roster, they do have leverage because there's more places to go and wrestle now. It's just you it's know? a matter of like what is their contract status like? How much more time do they have exactly. on it? Exactly. But if they're not happy and they think, well, we I got three more months on my deal here, I'll Absolutely, sit this out yeah. because I can go wrestle for Impact or AEW or GCW or wherever. There are a lot more places now. Yep. And you can more directly, you know, monetize your I hate saying this, but your brand as a wrestler. A hundred percent, I agree. Yeah, yeah, they do have more leverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Um, Nikhil, this is a great question. It says, which of these wrestling tropes do you find the most annoying? There's only two of them here. Oh. Attempting a crossbody and getting caught, always getting caught when facing larger wrestlers. That always happens. Uh, or a special guest heel referee screwing over baby faces way too much and management does nothing about them. Yeah, why would management continue to let... Miz. Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, it makes Do sense this. if you, if you're the smaller competitor, you're going for the crossbody. The large competitor catches you. That makes sense. As the smaller competitor, you just shouldn't do that. Yeah, but you shouldn't do that. 
the one that the you know you're you're trying a wrestling move that's in your in your you know uh, in your repertoire. Yeah. The other one is just like it's in, it's like Kafka esque thing. Like why is Vince McMahon letting this happen? I get that he's or at a you know theories happen, yes. or yeah or Pierce yeah he's there yeah yeah. Uh, Alex Foster man. This is going to be a hard no, I think, from both of us. Hmm. Since hypothetically, if Raw ever did go back to being two hours, could you see any disadvantages from a viewing or creative experience? I mean, I can try to come up with something. Now, the only... Less less people being featured. That's what I was going to say. You get the extra hour. Now, if you use your two hours wisely yeah, and efficiently, not a problem. Yeah. Not a problem. Because yeah. I feel like there is, even on a good episode of Raw, a lot of filler. You'd have to maintain a break. I mean, honestly, you'd have to maintain a breakneck pace the way AEW does. And even AEW's roster, they get, you know, like Keith Lee and Strickland are on, like, freaking, I think they got, like, a dark and elevation match. Like, they're not really featured as much as I'd like to see them because yeah, I really yeah. like them. Yeah, I do, too. But, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, you look back at the Attitude Era Raws, like, most matches were five, seven minutes, or if not shorter. Yeah, I know, yeah. You know, they try to yeah. jam as much as they could in that two hours mm-hmm. as possible. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, Lord Ziffer says, was speaking with a friend about how cool it would be to see uh, Finn and AJ win the tag titles. He says, before remembering AJ just won the tag titles last year, is there a recent title run that you just completely forgot about? Yeah, probably a lot of them because my memory sucks. My memory's awful. It's trash, trash. Um, I mean, he's asking us if we're remembering something we forgot. It's a diff- It's a good question. It's a difficult one because we'd have to remember it. Yeah, that's not our strong suit. Remember, right? Remember, remember. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Xavier Grace says, do you see Liv Morgan being demoted to being AJ and Finn Balor's valet? No, I kind of like this. No, I think it gives no, her something to do. She has, she has a feud with Rhea Ripley. Um, and uh, no, I, I think I think this gives her something to do. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Blake Whitehouse, what does Austin Theory need to do to reach that next level? Creatively speaking, they need a, he needs to stop being the selfie guy. It's like yes. literally all he is is selfie I guy. Know. I know. I mean, I know he's Vince. He's also Vince McMahon's protege, but like primarily, everything he does is motivated. Like he just wants to do a selfie. I know, I know, I know. It's it's pretty it's, from a character standpoint. It's pretty thin. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, anyways, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We appreciate it uh, tonight. Oh, more Steve Thunder at MF mm-hmm. Steve here on the Twitch tonight, and then tomorrow we'll be back with our NXT review. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Until next time. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. 
or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.